Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
we really lost a giant. You know, I mean, so I am, I my heart is heavy about that, and I, I feel very sad that um, that um, that you know about his passing, and I wish his family and friends my sincerest condolences, and close friends that is his sincerest, con- con- my sincerest condolences. I hope may he rest in peace. But um, hopefully, my intention is, if time permits, to maybe do a tribute to him. Might have a brother joining me if they can. To express their, uh, you know, they, those who know him, to express their their condolences as well, and we could discuss, you know, his contribution to to Belize's development, if time permits. Um, I've always believed that um, that Belize's development hinges on two things: a the access by all. In, in the country, man, woman, and child, and B, particularly the access and the development of our people and particularly the young people. We have to be able to, to give them access to, to a solid foundation because they are the citizens of tomorrow. And we've got to build responsible, dedicated citizens who has the future of that country um, at hand, you know, uh, and so, it's, it's with that in mind that I I'm gonna bring on Miss Ali Amaya and Alberta Velas, and um, we're gonna be discussing how they see the youths. And I, this is something that I wanted to do. Um, this is something that I wanted to, you know, for you know that since I started this show to be able to give access to, uh, you know, to give access to people who. Young people, that is, who are, who are making significant significant contributions and their achievements and their value to the society is constantly discounted and is not placed as a priority for what we need as a country. Now, um, Alberto is the president of the Belizean movement, and. Uh, He's also the founder of um, Nation Builders. Very young, charismatic brother, you know, who you know, who have a lot to say and discuss with us this morning. And also Ali Amaya, who is a, an editor from Behind the Zinc Fence. You know, if those of you who are, know the Zinc Fence is synonymous with you know, with, with telling the truth and telling it like it is, um, which is Crem Crem T V Crem Radio. I have a lot of friends back there, you know. Devin High is one of my best friends back there, Mose, Sharon Marin, you know, so I'm really excited to um to be able to uh to to you know uh to be able to talk to this young lady, um Ali Amaya. Um, like I said I have lots of friends back there, Yaya Marin, some Samaya, you know, it's 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 it, that that's truly an organization that that um that is on the side of the poor working class majorities in the way they in the perspective of their news and in the way they dispense, they speak truth to justice. So I'm, I'm always excited when I have an opportunity to be able to talk to those uh, people there uh, from behind the zinc fence. But before I, before they join me, um, I just want to say that um, that Belize, I was just in Belize, but many of you know, and I hope to be going back soon. One of the things that I saw there was that they blamed 
the politicians for everything. And these politicians, you know, mostly lawyers, they make easy targets because they purposely perpetrate an exaggerated view of their own rightness. So for them, they have come to believe that anything that made their life better also made everything around them better. And they're curiously self-centered and narcissistic, these politicians, they believe. I guess you could say that for any politician, but if you observe those in Belize, you know, these politicians stand at the corners of their world and believe that all that happens in it must be important to them. They have power. And, of course, you know, they, 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 this, may, this may sound corny or trite, but absolute power corrupts. Then what, what's worse is that they have a bevy of rabid partisan coattail hangers who render lip service to them as the top dog. And so any meaningful ideas that you might have to try to get to these people, they're in this cocoon. So you have what is called a lot of organizational groupthink, where they all think the same. They all try to you know, block access to anyone else because they want to be able to be the one to get the fruit. So, and that's part of the, is the problem with, with, with the development of our country. Um, meanwhile, as the people, and then the people, you know, the average Joe Belizean, they want to absolve themselves from any responsibility in the predicament they find themselves. But the thing about it is they are willing accomplices because they continue to believe that the only paradigm for us to develop, man, for us to develop is to... Um, the only part, the only paradox for us to develop is to, is to be, is to, is to um, do it through two parties, and that's not always the case because uh, the two-party system is, you know, it's endemic of what we inherited from the British. And I'm not suggesting that we should just throw it out, but I'm saying we need some serious, serious structural reforms to the way we do business in Belize and to the way we do. Our, well, not only to the way we do business, but to our, to our jurisprudence and governance. That's a fact. We need, we need that. We need to have that. Um, one of the things that I find interesting is that one of the things that I find interesting is that um, is is that when we when I was on when I was on Plus TV talking about this issue of uh, the dual nationals and the way we were the way we, you know we were. Uh, you know, given as second-class citizens, it's, it's you know, it's just interesting. It's just interesting to, to note that um, the, you know, the people who wants to put up impediments, the people who people who wants to come up with silly things, because Lewis Wade was very forthright about it. For example, one guy was talking about allegiance, and I'm thinking to myself. What exactly are you talking about allegiance? You're questioning my allegiance because I took up a dual national as an adult. That is to say before I was uh, as an adult, after my 18th birthday. But look at the governor general. He is acting in the interest of the queen. He's, he's, he's in acting in her steed. Yet still nobody's questioning her and his, her allegiance, his allegiance, his or her allegiance. Krong lands, Krong Kongso. These are all concepts and symbolism of foreign of, 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 of allegiance to foreign power, but yet nobody's saying anything about that. Why is that overlooked? Why is that? Why is that given a pass? But yet still, you question the allegiance. And I can, if if, if, if someone, one guy called in and said, um, well, the United States have a law that says you know, all nations gonna hold an office. And I'm like, and your point is, 
Golda Meir, one of the, one of the, Israel's most powerful prime minister, who was born in somewhere in somewhere around in the Crimea area, the Lithuania, one of those areas there, um, and she you know, migrated to Milwaukee, became a U.S. citizen, and became the prime minister of Israel. I didn't see the United States try to stop her. Tara Rivers, born in the United States, okay, and now is a minister in Cayman Island, which shares a similar system like Belize, the, the first past the post parliamentary democracy. So what exactly is your point by pointing out these, these things to, to say what? What are you trying to accomplish by saying that? Those are non-points, because I have never seen where the United States it went and say, oh, stop these people, they can't do it. They didn't stop Golda Meir. They showed them to stop things Tyra Reeves, and she's a United States citizen who acquired her, her, her U.S. citizenship before she was 18 years old, similar to what would have happened to that Ilana Shakran girl if, she had, if they had presented you know, in that manner. She would have been able to run in the Lake Independence area because she acquired U.S. citizenship before she was... Um, before she was 18 years old, so I mean, it's you know, it's this this, this kind of it's this kind of ludicrous stuff that 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 they that that they um that they that that they tell us that they tell us to try to dissuade us from you know pushing the thing of dual dual citizenship. And I'm not saying that um that we that we um should not take the views into consideration, but many of the views are inconsiderate. With what? With what? Uh, the rationale, if you will, for putting impediments and dismissing and disqualifying us. Because if you, and I'm not saying, and this is not, this is a popular thing, and I want to clarify this because I don't want this to, you know, to continue. I do not want this to continue um, as, as, as. Um, to say that, oh, let's level the playing field. Yes, I want it to level the playing field, but I want it to be a playing field that everyone, mind you, who are not required to have, who can have full access to, to, to Belize's uh, electoral process and all the benefits that go along with that, let disqualify them. But why you want to disqualify natural-born Belizeans as well? So I'm not for that. Let me just clarify that. I'm not for disqualifying natural-born Belizeans such as myself from enjoying full benefit. Yes, disqualify the Kims and the Juans and those guys who, who acquired the birthright as, na- as, as uh, Belize nationals. Because the reason, one of the reasons why I was very upset with the Penner thing was that... I'll give you an example. He gave a passport allegedly to a man. He forged a signature and fraud, committed fraud, to give a passport to a man in jail. Now, you say, oh, well, gee, if you're a partisan, you don't agree with me. But I'm not looking at it as a partisan. I'm looking at it as a dual national who is saying to myself, that guy, Kim, automatically as a naturalized Belizean, is now going to enjoy full citizenship. Imagine that. He's now going to enjoy full citizenship, and he's going to be able to, uh, to, um, to be able to to participate in the electoral process and even ostensibly become your prime minister if that's what he wants to do. So, And he's only one example of, um, of what I'm saying. And that's one of the reasons why I am so upset with this thing because 
the 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 the, 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 the potential repercussion can be deadly for beliefs. Could you imagine a guy who who is wanted in criminal charges in another country, but no, he has a Belizean birthright, can ostensibly go to Belize and enjoy full rights, full rights as a citizen, even to the point where he can occupy the highest office? Come on, you you're gonna tell me that? Where is the moral outrage? Where is where is um, the moral outrage for you know for for something like that? And so um, I. That's one of the reasons why I am upset with that. Now, I'm still trying to... I I see that Alberto and Ali, Ali Amaya are around. I sent... For those of you who want to listen to the um, to the radio program, the thing is, by Skype, it's BTRListener022. That's BTRListener. That's B-T-R-L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-022. That's the uh, Skype address for anybody who wants to listen to, to, to this show. And if you can't listen to the show that, that way, you can feel free to uh, go to the link, which is I, I posted on I posted in most of the medium in, on these blogs. You can go to the link, and you can, you can listen there. You can call 714-242-6119. So there's different ways for you to listen. You don't have to be in front of a computer. You could use your cell phone, be mobile, and you could be... You could listen that way too. No, I, 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 I want. I have the pleasure of having on the line um, Ali Amaya and Alberto Villas. Let me just start off. Ali Amaya, are you there? Yes, I am. You can hear me. Yes, perfect. Uh, what about you, Alberto? Are you there? I'm right here. Great, 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 great. So my two guests have uh, logged in. So I'm happy now. I can finish my my diatribe. <laughs> That I was on just now, but uh, I don't know if you guys caught you guys caught a tail end of it or something, right? You know? Tail end, yes. The tail end. Let's start off by that. But I'm, I'll start off with you, Ali. What is your perspective on dual nationals such as myself? Or well, not, let me let me rephrase that. But the diaspora participating fully without any impediment to be in Belize, in all aspects of Belize life, electoral or otherwise. My first thing, and, and I must confess that I have not given full thought to what Ali and uh, everything that I feel they should have access to in relation to Belize, but in terms of the diaspora, um, and I don't know if you are also thinking of people being able to vote while they are away kind of thing, Hubert? Well. Well, um, let me just clarify. We already can vote. We just don't have vote by proxy. So, yes, I'm thinking the full gamut, if you will. Well, I, I don't know. I have mixed thoughts in relation to that because while, yes, you do have Belize links, the first, this is my personal opinion, while you have Belize links and you may send assistance to some degree, I feel that not being present doesn't give you the opportunity, let's say, if, if there's a demonstration or that sort of thing that you want to voice your opinion because there's poor numbers, um, to go out on the streets and express your discontent with the government. Um, so from that angle specifically, I'm a bit reticent in, you know, saying, okay, yeah, you can, you can have a vote by proxy kind of a thing. Okay, and I know right. that's, that, that's very controversial, but that's no, just okay. how, how I feel. I know that, I know it's that okay, people... It's okay, Ali. It's okay, man. 
that's your opinion. People I, I don't have a problem with that. People using social media, but people using social media who are abroad, I do know they do stay um, on top of what's happening here. A lot of them do, uh, while others don't really care. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. those who do, I know that they can find ways of getting people here to say, okay, well, there is this group of Belizeans outside who do support us and mm-hmm. may even be providing financial support for us to go out on the streets and, you know, make a bigger effort to see the change that we want to see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, good. Let me, Alberto, you, that was, uh, uh, you heard um, Ali Amaya's um, position. What is your position on the, on the full participation of the diaspora in all rights and aspects of the legal life, including electoral? Well, let me address the issues specifically. I will start off with the voting right that exists. I do not believe that it is taken advantage fully. I support it in terms of participating in the electoral politics, in specifically speaking, the, the, the voting right that the uh, Belizean uh, living outside of Belize has. Um, I believe it is an important right that they have as a Belizean, um, and it is one that we should encourage and we should find ways of trying to ensure that they are participating in the electoral process as, as best as possible. Um, I'm not sure how is it that uh, the diaspora has not advocated for voting proxy um, to be um, encouraged and, and engaged um, in the country, but I hope that um, in the near future is something that, that can be looked at. Well, I mean, in terms very of good, the, the, Go ahead. Sure, sir. Go ahead. No, I was saying, I, I hear both of you, you and Ali Amaya, make some excellent points, and I, and I, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's not unreasonable to, to, for Ali to say that, you know, uh, to, to feel that way, but I'm, okay, Ali, let me, let me, let me, let me broaden this for a minute. I agree that you, I don't have a time, I don't have an issue with people spending time on the ground to get acclimated to, to the politics of what's happening or to just to the realities of living in Belize. Because, you know, going there for three weeks, going there for a month, it's not going to cut it. You need to be there, I, you know, for a funny period of time. I, I would not have an issue with that. That's not, that's not a, that's not a um, deal breaker. However, if you're saying then that voting, uh, and, you know, look, we, the issue is not voting because we can, we have the right to vote. That's not an issue. If I show up in Belize tomorrow, any election, I can vote. You that's can vote, certainly. You <laughs> can vote. But the by proxy, the by proxy is a different, is, that's a different animal. But I think Mexico has by, vote by proxy. El Salvador has vote by proxy. So those are just two that I can think off the top of my head. Central American republics. And I, and I don't want to think that they're more enlightened than us. <laughs> that they will allow vote by proxy, and we in Belize will not. But the issue that, to get, get back to what Alberta was saying, here's the question. If I'm a dual national who acquired citizenship after I'm 18 years old, should, do any one of you feel that I should have any kind of impediment or restrictions in participating in the electoral process in Belize? Go ahead, Alberta. I'll go with you on this one. I am... Um going to assume you are trying to uh, put the issue of uh, participating in the electoral process. Um, and my position on that is that I 
I support the 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 are at the moment uh, that do not have to understand. Um, I feel strong about this. I, I believe that uh, that it's important for people who participate at that level to be fully cognizant of issues affecting our country. However, my um, position on the issue is under circumstances that Belize is in today. Uh, those circumstances include uh, the vulnerability of the country to foreign influences, which is my biggest concern. Um, I do not believe that, that our country is in the best position to fight off foreign influences as we have seen before and we continue to see today. So that's my biggest concern. Um, that does not in any way discourage the diaspora from participating, from advocating uh, for, for, for that specific issue. In fact, I encourage them because I believe that in their discussion and in the dialogue of the issue, our country can only mature to eventually allowing it. I do believe that some uh, that issue will be looked at some point. Uh, uh, especially our beliefs uh, with, with dual dual citizens uh, in, in the United States and, and other areas where there are very productive citizens. Uh, I do believe that they probably will have right eventually um, when when a country has reached uh, a point where where it is um, it is something feasible though. But at the moment, I do not believe that our conscience allow that. Um, so you think that, so if I get about what you're saying, you have some reservations then, if you will. I do have very strong concerns. Um, my concerns to do with the, I mentioned, the, the, the numerous instances um, we have seen in the past and we continue to see today where foreign influences end up reaching our doorsteps, entering and totally disrupting um, the, the positive and the, the process manner in which Belize should be developing and should be growing, stymieing the growth of our people, affecting our economy in some of the most negative of ways. Um, and we have to ensure at this early stage of Belize's development, we have to ensure that uh, we have much less negative things to fight and more positive things to nurture, to allow to grow. Okay. Good, Alberto. Uh, I hold that thought because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna spring in with a question with on on that from you in a minute. But I want I want to get Ali's perspective on the question of whether or not she voting aside Ali. I'm talking about uh, whether or not dual nationals such as myself who acquired U.S. citizenship after the 18th birthday. Do you are you against them participating fully in the electoral process? If so, if if so, why or why not? Ali? Ali? Are you there? I think I might have lost her. Because um, I don't hear her. Uh, I know. I, Alberta, you're still there, right? I'm yeah, still I, here. I'm yeah, I think, you know, you, you bear in mind, I, I like to tell my listeners that Skype, you know, detail, Skype, you know, it's not efficient as it could be. You know, that's a company that's owned by the government, you know, and no, so it's very inefficient, I think. But Alberta. Another thing about detail is not efficient. Yeah, but let me just say this, Alberto, until until uh, we get back, Ali Amaya. You were suggesting, okay, I understand you said foreign influences, but don't you agree that the foreign influences will are happening whether dual nationals or not? Though at this at this particular point, how will dual nationals even? How would they make that 
be worse. I, I'm not sure I'm following that. Okay. Um, I agree with you that the, we already have sufficient um, uh, penetration of foreign um, and, and if nothing to do with the issue of the world that is the good reason why as a point, uh, we have not found that, that opportunity to create a buffer uh, to fight off, fend off those influences and uh, foreign values um, to open up a new channel by which those foreign influences can only make things even more difficult um, uh, again doesn't discourage uh, the the idea there. Instead, I think just not the time to do it. Uh, I believe that if the diaspora is curious of this, then they play a more um, uh, a more frontal role, uh, ensuring that we can reach. We will be um, we will be much more uh, able to fend off influences. Uh, much more able to to identify when it is a an influence or foreign value that is coming to our country, and we will be able to to, to embrace the idea of uh, All right. running in. Okay, I, I, okay, Albert. I just just just, just want to get some clarity because I don't want any ambiguity, just so people can understand your position. But Ali, you back, right, Ali? Ali? Ali, are you back? Ali, am I? Uh, I seem to be having a problem with Ali and her um, her her Skype. She's she's dropping. So Alberta, let's keep just keep up this conversation until uh, Ali's uh all just seems to be an issue. Like again, I said I'm in the states. These guys are in Belize. So I am doing my best to try to bring the dialogue with Belize and so the diaspora, Alberto. Part of one of the, one of my goals in this show is to enhance dialogue between the two, so we can help speed up the unification, so we can lower some of your reservations that you have regarding. You know the dual nationals participating. Because see, look, before these mediums, we never used to communicate like this. You now here I'm in, in my home, in Los Angeles, uh, and you're in, in Belize somewhere, and we're talking. You understand what I'm saying? And not only are we discussing, but millions all over the world, if they wanted to tune in, can hear to the medium of social media. So it's a good thing. But I don't want to belabor the point, Alberta, and, and you know. Um, for the listeners who are out there listening, you're talking to you're listening to Alberto Velas. Uh, he is the president of the Belize Youth Movement and also a founder of Nation Builders. And um, he's coming live from Belize. I'm Hubert Pipersburg. I also have Ali Amaya from Krem. She's the editor of Krem News from behind the zinc fence. But her her um, her Skype seems to uh, to drop all the time. So I, uh, hopefully she's gonna log back on. Uh, and you know we're just gonna go do it from there, but um, I'll just keep on the conversation with Alberto. Alberto, let me ask you this. What exactly, what role would you like to see the, the youths play in, in Belize's development? Politically, what political role would you like to see them play? First of all, the fact that you have a constitutional right, like any other Belizean, to elect the government of Belize gives you the right to uh, gives you the, the opportunity to, to have the other rights that Belizeans enjoy. Those rights are to ensure that your fellow Belizean uh, uh, brother and sister are enjoying the best of the country in terms of education, in terms of opportunities. 
the role that the diaspora, the role I would want the diaspora player is, uh, in a sense, because they live in countries that are more developed than Belize, is, is the ability to, to provide in terms of accountability, in terms of the pace of development, in terms of the, the human development and, and uh, how that is expressing, in terms of how uh, socially our country is, uh, is growing. Uh, those are, are, are things that I would want to see the diaspora play a more closer, uh, closer role, much more than, than, than what they're doing today. Um, this, this definitely, they, they all have a connection to Belize. I would want to play a more uh, key role in terms of ensuring that all of this is going to be, should be going. And when it's not, they can also have it in terms of the elections, the way elections. Okay, but see, you think about it, see, I mean, Alberta, one of the things that I, one of the things, when I was in Belize recently and I went on uh, Plus TV and I spoke with Louis Wade and Senator Henrik, Senator Garden, it's, the thing is, see, we have so many inconsistencies as it is with that, with this very, this very uh, issue of dual national, because case in point, let me just give you one example, one ready example, the guy Grevelia in, um, you know, Rizwa, who is a UDP standard bearer. Or, or potential standard bearer. He he's a dual national, of, you know, from Guatemala. And I don't have anything against Guatemalans, but I want to point out to you that the Constitution 29.3 explicitly prohibits any Guatemalan nationals from acquiring citizenship only because that country has expressed hostility towards the sovereignty. But yet and still, we have a situation where a born Guatemalan can aspire for higher office. Whereas dual nationals such as myself and others in the diaspora are told that our allegiance is questioned or are told that we bring some sort of negative things. Why would they not be scared in, in light of what happened in Crimea? Why would they not be scared of a Danny Gravelia acquiring such a powerful position than say a dual national such as myself? Then the issue is a matter of inconsistency. It is a matter of a party uh, affronting the law at the very same as we're following. They should follow it. Um, if, if that is the case, uh, then the party should not have allowed Mr. Grijalva to command it. And I do believe that if that is the case, then Mr. Grijalva may very well face a challenge when it comes. Um, it's not an issue of, of, of just being a, an inconsistency. If, if that is the case, uh, Mr. Grijalva should not be acquitted. And, um, not because he has, uh, or may have Guatemala nationality. Uh, does this exclude him? In fact, you, you have mentioned support. Even, it even uh, uh, makes the issue much more important uh, to look at and to, and to, uh, to screen. Um, so it, it's Again, uh, it's not just about being inconsistent. If, if this specific case, it might very well be a matter of bringing the law. How about um, Wang and Kaya? I mean, he's, he's basically the same the same thing as this Gavalia guy. I mean, it's, you, this, these are all examples of I'm showing you dual nationals, nationalized, nationalized nationals who, you know, who you know, with spotty allegiance, if you will, and, and you know, they, you know, they, no one seems to worry about that. No, everybody seems to think that they can handle them or they they're okay. But but whenever the, the issue of dual nationals from the diaspora is brought up, you know this this 
vitriolic, uh, not from you, but these vitriolic arguments always tend to, to, um, to uh, that was my experience in Belize, tend to arise whenever that is, is um, brought up. And I find that interesting that that would be the case. Why do you think that is? I think it has a lot to do with uh, the presumptions in Belize um, and the social political environment that we live in. Um, the political system has ensured that our people are blinded to certain issues, um, issues that end up affecting their very own lives. Our people are living in such despair and such uh, uh, in some of the lowest uh, socioeconomic conditions that day to day is the most important thing for them to survive is to have that uh, one keep their job um, to be able to put food on their tables to ensure that their children cannot afford to go to school. Survival in this country is difficult. Most Asians really don't even end up focusing or taking some time out to talk about the other issues such as whether a candidate in Chuak or whether a candidate in Kyle might not uh, have the criteria to, to come candidate for elections. Um, and there are things I wanted that I desperate to look at closer. Conditions that our country is living in. Um, the, the media doesn't always paint the, the, the realities of our country. Um, it, you know, it, it's certainly a piece by, by uh, a lot of many things, including resources. Um, our people, I don't believe, are using um, the social media to, to the best of their capacity. Um, in terms of presenting the reality of what's going on in Belize, and our, our political system not helps to to make it because it doesn't uh, at the end of the day it doesn't benefit them. it benefits them that our people keep a, a blind to realities of what's going on. Uh -huh. uh, you know, and the thing the thing about it, Alberti, is we seem to be having a lot of problem with uh, Ali Ali's um Ali's audio with her, um, you know, it, it's, she keeps on breaking up, then it goes off completely. So um, I'll see if I can maybe call her. Once I get the cell phone number, I can call her. Um, I don't want to, again, I don't like to belabor the point because I know, but the, the, the issue of the diaspora is very, very important to to my listeners because that's one of the things that um, that drives this show. They want, they want to know what is it that, the enlightened people in Belize, such as yourself, Micah, including who I had on when I was in Belize, they want to know what it was. You know, you, you young Belizeans who represent the future, do you, are you still stuck in that archaic thinking that the, that dual nationals present a threat, pose a threat, or are they they they're gonna somehow destabilize you know the country, uh, or they want to know if you that that you that you have a clear and positive outlook on. The world in general, because we live in a world where even the corporations have difficulty staying within borders, and we, you know, we just want to know that. I'm trying to get my listeners and I want to get a sense of where the hostility, if if if, if that's the case, uh, where the hostility is coming from. So, um, but I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to hold anything. I, you know, I always tell my friends, you know, when I talk to them, that it's okay for us to have. Um, philosophical differences. It's okay for us to have uh, disagreements that are that are the same. As long as we we look, we find we can find commonality of how 
we can be you know, or we can be move forward. And I notice you're not saying you're not dismissing that you were against it. I know Micah came on and he was like all for it, you know. Of course like I said it's you don't have monolithic you know you don't have to have monolithic thinking. So I like the fact that you're just presenting your viewpoint as what you believe are some of your reservations. And I respect that. I don't have a problem with that. I just like to point out some of the inconsistencies in our system to show you that where this issue is concerned, a lot of the, the reservations, not yours, because yours, you didn't present those ones, a lot of reservations that, that are there are inconsistent with what the reality of what they're doing in Belize. Because, for example, with the guy Gravelia from Orange Watch, there's a thing called ministerial discretion, which is I, ca- I consider undemocratic. They can override not only the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, but they can override the legislator itself to make a guy like that run. And so I, I posed to you the Wong, the citizen Kim, that was in a Korean jail that got, in a Taiwanese jail that got the citizenship. All these guys are good to go right off the bat. No one is, you know, and I don't, I don't think that Belizeans are aware of the, the impact of these, the economic citizenship that, that to giving these people Belizean birthright and what, they, what privileges they're entitled to, which includes being the prime minister of Belize. And so this is just something I want people to really seriously think about when they when they say that they have an issue with the with the uh, with the diaspora participating fully with all the rights in Belizean body politics. So you understand what I'm, you understand my my position, this Alberto? I fully agree. It also it also puts much greater significance and importance on the on the cleaning of the issues that uh, that needs to happen. Uh, we need to clear up the inconsistencies. We need to deal with these uh, of the law uh, in the in the case and in the circumstances where they are. And we need to start holding people accountable, especially organizations and people who know the people in government um, who continue to 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 advocate and continue to to ensure that that these uh, these matters uh, not only occur but Flying off the face of the billion people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, while I wait to try to get back, um, Ali Amaya from Krem, the editor for Krem. I'm talking to Alberto Velos. What a fun. Okay, Alberto, I need you to tell tell my listeners a little bit more about what's happening, the kind of things that you, the politics that you involved with. What exactly, as a young individual, what is motivating you to decide that that the PUP that you're aligned with is is a party for to promote some of these issues that we're discussing here. The party is nothing without the people. And the party, I believe, has the people who are genuinely wanting to see other young people participate. And um, that group of people that I refer to is the new the younger generation of leaders that uh, are rising up in PUP. Um, uh, persons and not necessarily rising to, to candidate positions, but who are joining the party and who are doing their best to influence uh, the, the direction um, that we believe uh, is the direction that we need to go to to ensure that more young people participate and, um, and have a say in decision making in our country. The, important, the importance of this is that 
our country is uh, it's made up of majority young people, but yet young people are the most neglected in our country. I remember making a statement a couple years ago, about four or five years ago, that our country has a policy for birds, it has a policy for trees, and even should see, but we have no policy addressing our most important resource, which is our our young people. Um, and when you really think about it, you, the only conclusion you can make is that then young people are not important to those who end up making decisions. And that is what we're trying to change. We need to ensure young people are considered before every decision is made in our country in terms of economic development, in terms of social progress. If our, if our young people are if our young people are left out, then you are leaving out the majority of the population in the country. Therefore, okay. you're doing the country a huge disservice when that is happening. All right. Great, Alberto. Um, I think, Ali, are you back on? Ali? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I apologize yes, for... Yeah, um, I'm hearing you perfectly well. Okay, the, the, your audio was breaking up because of the Skype, but we got you now. And Alberto, me and Alberto have been carrying on the dialogue, but I don't want to regret, but I want you. I want to go back to a question that, that I had asked you. That Alberto already, we already got Alberto's viewpoint on it. Uh, regarding, if, you know, I, I don't know if you've given this any thought, but we're talking about voting aside. We're talking about dual nationals who acquire citizenship after the 18th birthday. Are you averse to them participating fully in the, as, a, as, a, as a young woman in Belize, are you against them for it's been fully in electoral policy, like they, they can hold high office in that country? In terms of holding high office, I do have reservations there. In terms of voting, I don't. But when it comes to holding high office, I share the view of many other Belizeans who feel that there are certain nationalities or countries where people may come from who do not necessarily have all the best interests of Belize at hand. For instance, someone who's a Guatemalan or, and, and that's clear of course, but someone who comes from a country that is in some way allied or supports Guatemala in their policies or shared opinions in relation to Belize, the Belize-Guatemala issue. Certainly, I don't see how someone or how I could be in agreement with someone holding that nationality and also a Belizean nationality and voting. As a matter of fact, in relation to Guatemala, as I said, the law is clear. They shouldn't be given any nationality but the countries who are allied with them, who support them, who have supported them in the past, case in point Israel, I don't feel that they should be able to hold high office in Belize. Well, you in know, terms of the other countries... Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. Just, no, I was going to say, um, no, finish okay. your thought. In terms of, in terms of the other thought. countries, for instance, for instance, for instance, the, the matter with uh, Elvin Penner, who supposedly has Canadian nationality, and we've seen how that has played out. I think apart from that particular situation, the Belize-Guatemala situation, I think the other ones are a bit more 
um, based on the person who's running. You know, mm-hmm. I think Belizeans need to give thought as to, well, is this someone you feel is going to represent what you want as a people, represent the development that you want to see for Belize? Who is the best uh, person for office that you will be electing kind of a thing? So you I know, just think that there are some nuances there that would need to be put in right, clarified in black and white. Well, I, I share your I share your reservation, but the thing about it, Ali and I, that me and Alberto were discussing this prior to you, um, you know, when you got cut off, but and Alberto gave his viewpoint on it. Um, the foreign influence, I get that, but we're talking about a natural-born Belizean who, who, uh, who was born in Belize, but happened to migrate and acquire uh, citizenship after the 18th birthday. As we speak right now, and uh, me and Alberto discussed this again. We have Danny Gravelia in Orange Walk, who is a Guatemala national, who is a standard bearer under the United Democratic Party. You have Huang in Cayo, who won, you know, and again under the United Democratic Party for standard bearer. Then we have Albert Penner, you brought up, who not only commits fraud and forgery, but he gave a passport to a Taiwanese man, to a man, to a Korean man who was in a Taiwanese deal at the time, and. Without any reservation, and all three of those people have the ability to hold high office. So my question, and Alberto already, if Alberto want to chime in, fine, but he had he had answered it. But my question, Ali, is why is this? Why is those allegiances some less than others? That the allegiances of the Belizeans living in the diaspora are constantly questioned, but the, these allegiances for these naturalized Belizeans, I gave you the example. Oh, and one more example. There's a guy who was a former KKK living in Belize, who is a dual national, who again have full access, is good to go. So I'm just curious to know why the Belizeans continue to, to, don't, to, 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 to either ignore, whether by ignorance or deliberately, those examples, but yet and still they glare fully at the example of the, the, the diaspora nationals, in, 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 such as myself. Why do you think that is? Well, I I certainly think I'm not going to speak about why other people allow um, those things to, to go on, but I certainly think that as a people, we should look at the intent of the individual. And what you've been pointing out is that the people that it is the political party at the end of the day that's bringing in these people and supporting these people, right? And at the end of the day, it's the Belizean people who will vote. And if you feel that they don't have a right to represent you in high office because they have not lived here for so many years and you feel that their intentions are questionable, as you've been pointing out, then I don't feel they should be given an opportunity. So there are specific cases that I think our laws, once we decide to go that way, those need to be specified clearly. You need to have lived here for so many years. I feel, I personally feel that that's important for you to want to run for high office if you have dual nationality. Mm-hmm. And you have a, many Belizeans who many Belizeans who go many Belizeans who go abroad, but they come back, and that's their ultimate goal. They 
want to go on and um, make a better living for themselves. And I totally appreciate all the opportunities that they get out there. They get a very good education. They get all the different opportunities, and that's getting experience. So when you come back and you're willing to live here the rest of your life, I don't see why you shouldn't be given the opportunity to serve your people in high office. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is where it's clear that you're only going into politics because you just want to um, make things better for yourself, for your family, for those around you. And I know that people don't come with signs written on their head saying, you know, um, I'm a good person, whatever, they can look like a good person, but at the end of the day, there needs to be some real scrutiny, just as and, and I'm really bringing in something that's mixing things up here in terms of police officers and the kind of um, scrutiny and background check, etc., that they undergo when they join the police academy. That doesn't happen here. And especially more for our um, elected politicians, I feel, because they're in control of our money, um, in control of how of the direction that Belize will go. So I think that there needs to be much more scrutiny individually for each each person who decides, hey, I'm going to go into politics and I want to um, represent you as my people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Alberto. Um, she, Ali brought up a salient point that uh, I want you to touch on. Um, She's saying that it's the political parties that are pushing that particular policy of just uh, disregarding the Constitution, disregarding people's reservation, and just dual nationals. You know, dual nationals are not, they only have one year to wait or give a guy like a Huang or a Gravelia or, or a Kim passport, then that person automatically have full rights. Do you agree with that it's, the, it's a process? That, uh, that the political parties are pushing? Since, since you're aligned with the PUP, I thought perhaps maybe you might want to give your perspective on that. I do, and I thought that uh, that is the point I was uh, slightly mentioning when I answered that, uh, that question. Um, okay. I, I have said that it is much more than an inconsistency. It is, it is you know, uh, Laws, you mentioned uh, for us that speak to this issue. If a lot of people with a certain nationality, that is, to run as a in our country, then it's not an inconsistency. It's a matter of our very own laws. Illegal, uh, responsible for this act, none other than the, than the organization or the people who screen and then allow the people to become a candidate to meet the political party. At the end of the day, the political party is responsible for who is or who aren't their candidates. And if they can be elected, that's up to the people. But it's the people who decides who are their candidates. So the responsibility uh, on the onset is there. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's, 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 okay. You guys have pretty much given your position on what you believe, and I think it's a nuance. And Ali has some reservations. You, you have yours. I don't think anybody. I don't think any of you is outrightly rejecting the possibility or the idea of uh, full participation. But you have reservation. And I, okay, I get that. Now, you guys are down there on the ground in Belize, and I've you, you've seen that Alberto brought up this point, Ali, and I want to know if you agree with this. That the youths 
in Belize or this county, we, we, we find, we, we give them volunteer, we give them volunteer, um, acreage, we give the baboon sanctuary, we give everybody sanctuary, but nobody seems to be advocating for the development of the youth in that country. And in a country where more than 70% of the population is between the ages 15 to 30. Do you agree that that is something seriously, seriously wrong and needs to be addressed, as Alberta has said? I do feel that, to some extent, that is the case. But I also feel that the youth themselves need to be involved. And I don't feel that that involvement is there on their part um, to a large extent. It's, it's only like some pockets of interested youth who are willing to become involved to see the development that they want to see. And one of the things that I wanted to raise in relation to that, I think it's a societal problem and it goes back to our educational institutions, it goes back to our uh, family institution, our parents or grandparents and the involvement of the community. I feel that, and, and this is something that so many other people have echoed, the community involvement is no longer there, and now the family unit itself has broken up because we have so many single mothers who themselves have to go out and work. Because our family has broken up and the fathers leave, we don't have the extended families that we used to before, the mothers leave their children at home. They're not being raised properly, and these are the types of children that are becoming our teachers or police officers or everything that are supposed to fill those posts and the offices in the, in the private sector and in the public sector. And so when you have this happening, you go to the schools and it's a total lack of control, lack of order that we're seeing. And so that leads to some sort of um, disinterest in wanting to become involved to see things become better and, and have a better society. And somehow I feel that a lot of all youth, they don't see the importance of continuing their education because their parents don't tell them that, hey, you know what, um, notwithstanding how school may be, that piece of paper is important. So they're, they leave school at an early age. There's no one there to keep them going to school. And they're just basically roaming the streets. That's what I think has happened. So I personally would want to see much more involvement on the part of the youth. And I know that, as I mentioned, you do have certain groups that are advocating for it, but I go back to the point that there is power in numbers. And somehow, because of the system of government that we have, it seems that to some extent our government becomes um, dictatorial. And if it's not the majority of the people that are telling you we want this, and if it's not close to election time, then you're not going to get it. And I've seen, for instance, Alberto's um, group that he leads, um, and that he's a part of, I've seen them advocating for an increase in the um, youth development budget. There are more 
activities for youth, um, better educational programs, even more jobs, that sort of thing that we're lacking. But it seems all of that is falling on deaf ears. And I don't know if it's precisely because we don't have the numbers and we don't have the involvement of the youth. That's what I think in relation to that. Okay, Alberto. Okay, before before you, uh, you, you answer that, Alberto, um, Ali, you I know you only had the hours up, so you you can you stay or you have, I know you have a lot of commitment, so you gotta go, correct? Well, I'm I'm still talking, so until I mean, until still, they tell me you know what we need you down here, I can continue for some more minutes. All right, because I know you told me that you I know Krim is having this huge turkey dinner fundraiser, right? For your heart. If I had um, fart rice yeah. and beans, I'd see, right? So, you know, I know, you know. But tell you what, then, um, Alberto, uh, t- Alberto, Alberto? Yes, right here. Inbox me your um, your phone number, just in case um, the audio gets bad, so, you know, because so, when Ali go, I'll continue the conversation with you, okay? But what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break, and um, in, when, in, during the break, you can inbox me your telephone number. I can call you just in case the audio goes bad because I don't want. I mean, the conversation is too important for me to lead to lose you, like I lost Ali and she, I'm glad she's back. But Ali, we're gonna take a break. No, stay as long as you can, okay? And uh, you know, we're gonna just hold tight and we'll be right back, okay? Hi. Okay, guys.
it's a combination of the two. Um, I, I do appreciate her perspective, um, and I, for the most part, believe that, that um, it, it is very important for young people to rise up to, to the responsibilities that they have to the country, um, to their families, and to the country. Uh, I do believe, too, I believe this strongly, actually, that not sufficient young people are as um, aggressive as they should be when it comes to standing up for their rights and issues. Um, and it, that's, that's part of the reason we are where we are uh, with the level of neglect um, young people are facing. And I will let you know two examples of, uh, of, 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 well, not really why it is like this, but it is like this. Uh, about two years ago, the group Nation Builders was the leading group behind uh, uh, lobbying for uh, fees and uh, the cost of education not to increase at the University of Belize. We believe that it is an issue that should have been close to the heart of, of the students. Uh, we rallied uh, for the government to not increase the, the cost of tuition, uh, the cost of, of university education. Um, we, we had um, several information um, leaflets going around uh, online and we, we held meetings with some of the very own student government leaders from different universities. Um, we uh, had in media interviews. We, you know, we, 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 we did our best in terms of spreading the information and allowing our fellow young people to recognize the issue that was at hand. But, but when, it come, when it came to actually moving, when it came to taking action, the turnout was poor. Um, and it, it, it's not a reflection, I, I believe, of our efforts of, or of the significance of the issue, but it's that I mentioned before. Young people are facing a struggle every day. Um, our parents are struggling to find jobs and to uh, bring income home and put food on the table. Just imagine then what kind of struggle will come to them. So the very young people I am referring to now. Um, so I don't think that I far away from her. I, um, that we are actually on the same page. Um, but the issue of the struggle is not only families and adults, but it's actually now young people are struggling. People that do not end up going to school, not because they don't want to go to school, but one, they can either afford to go to school. Uh, the school itself is irrelevant to the, to their needs. Um, not everybody is cut off that. Some of them are cut out for school education. So if, if they feel that school is right for them they, they, and they can't afford it, they won't be in school. Um, uh, and I believe I digress too much. I, I think we are on the same page. Okay, all right. I mean, see, Ali, I you think are There's one thing I want to make perfectly clear. I feel that the involvement of the youth needs to come because the government is not giving them the importance that they deserve. And I feel that that's what's happened here. And that is why I commented on um, the efforts that there have been, that I feel that at the end of the day, this is how I would describe it. Our youth have been left alone. That's exactly how I would describe the situation of our youth. They have been left alone, and I feel that because that is the case, 
there need to be many more of them who are feeling the pinch, who need to set it straight with the government to say, you know, you are neglecting us. And we are demanding that you rightfully give us what is ours. And one example, I think the biggest example of that, that I think broke the hearts of a lot of people was when our Belize national football team had to be holding fundraisers for them to be able to go out to this huge tournament that for the very first time they had arrived there. And sports is one of the issues, not one of the issues, one of the areas where I feel they have been neglected. I don't feel that our youth, at least up to 18 or even later than that, should be worrying about anything but education and and making them well-rounded citizens. But we don't have that here. And it's been, it, it shouldn't be lost on us that I feel that our youth have been neglected. They have been left alone, whether from the family unit, um, you know, having all the, the entertainment. And I don't mean bad entertainment. I mean very good entertainment areas that after they've finished studying and working so hard at school for a week that they can go out and enjoy themselves with their families. We don't have all the, the venues that I see we need to have, all the sporting facilities have been neglected. And we, until now, I see that, you know, through the Petro Caribe Venezuela fund that there's this money to go around to, you know, put into the different um, infrastructure sporting projects. But before that, for me, it didn't seem that we were giving it the level of importance it requires, so I don't want it to be lost on us that I was calling out the youth because they're in a situation where they need to respond. Okay. No, I, I don't think you were calling out. We, we, we've been frank here. We, we're having a conversation about, about you know, the, the involvement of the youth, and Alberta is a big, big, big uh, advocate of that. But specifically, though, Ali, Ali what I want to ask you is regarding young women and their participation or lack thereof within the, the, the social construct of that country, is that a problem? If it's a problem. Well, that song so wait, let me let me let me let me let me let, that song just so broad. What specifically are some things that you you believe in that 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 inhibits that uh their involvement? That inhibit the involvement of young of women. Of the young, mostly female. You, you, well, female woman. I from a woman perspective yourself, or a young woman yourself. But are are we still speaking about um, the electoral process or, no, or just you in know general. Then No, within the society. That's the only one aspect of the electoral process. Only one. Aspect. I'm just talking because it seems to me. Okay, let me let me let general. me provide some context. Is that it seems that 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 that, that young women, in particular, but women in general, in Belize, is not getting a fair shake in access to what what it what it be the centers of power, jobs. Education, housing, there seems to be this 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 disconnect or this lacking of their involvement or the lacking of their development or access to 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 better quality of life. So I'm asking you, as a as a young woman who lives in this country, what seems to be the issue with 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 the women in Belize 
getting a full grasp in the society so that they can, you know, be mobile uh, or partly mobile. I feel that some of them may feel they need to have that push or support or, or have things to some degree made for them. Um, that's just one aspect of it. You are saying that in, in, in different areas you don't feel that they um, are being represented that much. In terms of education, well, that I don't think that. that that's the case, that's but in terms of everything else, I feel it is the case. Um, housing, you know the things that are compared more like for the male-dominated areas, like they still don't feel that women are putting themselves out there as equal, even though that's, that's what they want. I don't feel that they're putting themselves out there as, as being capable of doing everything that a man is doing, and that may affect the perception that others have of them. But again, I also go back to the point of interest, in that involvement, I think what plagues our society is a lot of, you know, just being focused on, on you and seeing you go ahead and, you know, making your little niche better, but not necessarily making the niche or the entire society better. I'm just focused about me and my family kind of thing, and as, as long as I'm doing okay, I don't want anything else to do with anyone else. I feel that that has a lot of a lot to do with what's going on with our women um, in particular. With our men, I feel it's a, it's a different situation. Um, the neglect, I feel, reflects more on them. But mm-hmm. with our women, I feel that that has something to do with it. Okay, um, Alberta, you see, she's suggesting that um that you know, that there is an issue there. What exactly are you doing in your, as a leader of a youth group and affiliation with a major political party in a big way? What are you doing to, like you said, that you want to bring influence to bear, to take notice of the People's United Party? What are you doing specifically to enhance access by young Belizean women and male? But since she, has, she gave her perspective, I'm curious to know what is your take on that? Sure. Um, let me start off first by saying that when we lobby for uh, greater attention for young people, um, it is not only for young men or male. It's actually for both male and female. Um, although the evidence would show, the research would show that it is young men who are most at risk. Uh, it is young men who are falling out of school more than young women. It is the young men who are more involved in crime uh, and criminal activity. It is the young men who uh, more young men than, than women who are in prison. Um, uh, the research shows that it's young men uh, that, that are that most, most risk. Not to come from issues affecting women, but when it comes to pressing issues, is a young I believe that need uh, the urgent, uh, terribly urgent assistance. Um, uh, again, as I added, uh, it's not it's about discounting young women. I believe young women are facing extreme issues out there. Um, issues. Um, if, if you look at the, some of the research that has been done, uh, there is a huge 
portion of our families that are led by uh, only a, a woman, and, and not just any woman, but a teenage woman, a teenage mother. Um, when you think about a family where there is no head of the household that is a man who is working, and it is a young woman who has to find ways means of caring for her family, uh, you have to realize the, the kind of uh, stress and the kind of hardship that that entire family goes through. Uh, so it, it has to matter to us that not only young men receive attention, but both young men and young women. Uh, some of the things that we are doing, um, we are saying uh, outright, the younger leaders that are stepping out in the PUP, we are telling the people who lead this party outright that we we, that it is their responsibility. We have allowed them to, to, to recognize that we are serious about this party giving attention to the people the way it should. Um, and, and what we are asking is that this party put serious attention when it comes to developing policies for people. Uh, meaning, when, when this party is in the government and it comes up with an education policy, it has to be an education policy that is relevant to the needs of young people. It is relevant to the needs of young people participating in our economy in a meaningful Alberto, way. Alberto, it uh, is, for one second. Uh, go ahead. Uh, Alberto, uh, Ali has to leave, so uh, I just want to... Um, Ali, I know you, uh, you You told me you, only, uh, you, were, you could only do an hour, so it's fine, but do you have any parting, any parting words you want to left with us, with, with the listeners? Well, I certainly just want to echo what Alberta is saying. I feel in terms of our women um, and also our young men, I feel that there are a lot of things out there that are uh, pulling up our women in terms of trying to get their attention. Social media, I think there is still need to be done about the impact that it's having on our young women and the whole, you know, attention-grabbing aspect of, social media, so I think that they are in fact um, being bombarded, I think, from all over the place for their interests and what they characterize or categorize as important. So I think that those are issues that as a family unit, individually, parents, should look at, but also um, you have human development ministry that can give assistance to parents where parents are lacking in terms of their responsibilities to bring up children who are well-rounded and who will be able to contribute to our society. So that's what I'm, I'm going to end with. All right. Thank you very much, Ali. Um, Amaya from uh, editor of Creme Television. I want to thank you from Bacadiz Inkspent. And um, it's a pleasure. It was a Thank pleasure you for, for you to inviting me. And, and glad to have been with Alberto. We don't get to um, chat at all, but this was enjoyable. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know. Well, we'll, Not we'll a take care. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right, Alberto. So <laughs> <Yeah>. Ali's gone. <laughs> Ali has to go. She has all other right, responsibilities. Bye. bye, Ali. She has to work today still. So I guess you bye. know because you and me, Alberto. Okay, Ali, you take care. Okay. Um, so yeah, Alberto. I'm sorry. Go ahead with your thought that you were saying. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but she said she had to. She told me she had to leave because she had other commitments. But um, you know, you were you brought up a very important thing that you says that you want to uh, that you say you want to bring uh, pressure to bear or not pressure, 
but you want to impart on the hierarchy of your party the importance of having a, that the youth having a piece of that pie or having a place at the table. What specifically are you doing to make that a reality? And repeat that question again, Mister. No, so you said um, you 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 know uh, you before I I had um, interrupted you. Oh, my apologies for that because um, Ali had to leave. Um, you were discussing how you wanted to, how you were trying to interact to make sure that the people in that party take notice of the concerns of the youth in that country. So I was gonna, I asked you specifically what were, so give me some specifics as to what your 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 um, group is doing to, to ensure that that occurs. Alberto, you there? I am here. Uh, just that yeah. the audio is a bit bad and I couldn't hear the question properly. Okay, you want me to repeat it again then? Uh, the last okay. part of the question I didn't hear. Just the last part, which I didn't hear. Okay, what are you doing specifically to, to make sure that the people of the United Party are going to listen to you, your group? Okay, well, uh, as Miss as Marisol mentioned, um, numbers are important. Uh, political parties are, you know, uh, they, nothing is more important to them than being able to attract uh, the, the support of people, um, or else they won't have that much uh, to participate in. Um, we are ensuring that, first of all, young people understand the importance of youth issues and of lobbying youth issues. The more young people are out there that uh, that can understand that their issues are important and that is their their participation that will make that happen, the better it is for for the party to, to realize that, that, that young people are waking up, young people understand the issues, uh, and young people will be a part of the process of change uh, when the party gets into government. We are ensuring that that occurs. Uh, the second thing we're ensuring is that um, we are not reliant, fully reliant on them who are, 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 the, are the senior adults to ensure that this thing happens. We have ensured that we have a candidate uh, on the ballot, and that is a young person who uh, we Double believe Micah, right? uh, has... I am talking about Michael Gooden. We believe okay. that he has a maturity. We believe that he uh, he is humble enough to represent us young people um, around that table. And he is only one. We hope we had more. Um, and in the and in the future, I'm that we can attract more. But uh, it, it's an issue that that I believe has has come to bear. It is about time young people step up and and put us. Um, around the table, the decision-making table, to ensure that it is young people that are always priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, well, for those of you who, weren't, who, who just joined me or weren't aware, Michael Gooden is contesting in the college division against the current education minister, Patrick Faber. I had the pleasure of bringing on Michael Gooden when I was in Belize about two weeks ago, and he discussed his point of view. That podcast is still available on my page if anybody want to 
um, you know, go back and find out what my, what is Michael's position on some of the issues that me and Alberto are discussing now. Now, Alberto is the president of um, the Belize Youth Movement, and I felt that uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to this young brother is because we don't give the kind of clarity and kind of access to young people in that country. We don't value them as as a as an integral part of the social and national development of that country. We relegate them to the sidelines, and I think that's very tragic, particularly since that more than 50%, more than 70% of that country is between the age of 15 to 30. And Alberto said it's a question of numbers, which leads me to this question, Alberto. So you believe that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's just it boils down to simply voter maximizing that they see young people as votes and they're going to have no choice but to listen to them. That sounds rather simplistic. Yeah, I do believe so. Um, I, I do believe so because I have seen it happen. Um, I have seen it happen in other regions. Uh, I have seen it happen in other uh, countries in the Caribbean where activism and youth engagement is, is, is at a higher level than it is in Belize. Um, Belize is, is really uh, far uh, behind um, uh, people's participation and um, social activism. And this is one of the efforts towards that process, ensuring that citizens are participating um, to ensure that their governments listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the, 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 the education process, you mentioned that you, you, know, you guys were agitating against uh, for, for lower school fees because they wanted to, 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 um, to, to raise the fees, but what is the condition of access to education for young people across the world in Belize. You have to have, you know, for example, let's say you want to get a scholarship to go study anything, anything whether it's the UBLI, I see some people at the Fiji. What, does it, what, what do I need to do to, get a, to have access to that as a young person in Belize? You're referring to scholarships local or scholarships outside? Well, whether it be local or outside, what is it that I need to do besides being smart or besides being, behave myself and do the right thing? What else do I need to do? Under the context, uh, you also have to be friendly with the political offices of, of whoever is in charge of that ministry. Um, if you're a friend of the political person, then you will likely get the scholarship within a day or the very same day. Um, if you are a friend, you have to hit a certain criteria, and then uh, you will likely be relegated um, at the very back of a list because there is a long line of people wishing to get scholarships and, and enjoy certain benefits in this country. Um, and that is one of the things that we're trying to change. Um, uh, we believe that um, scholarships are of utmost importance because it gives our young people, whether it's local um, and abroad, um, uh, it it gives our young people that opportunity they they need. Uh, They have been seeking to to fulfill their their education desires. Um, But under the current system, it is not fully functional. Um, uh, And if if you allow me to, I'd want to discuss a, a, a critical aspect of why we believe youth development is very important to our country. Um, And that is that it is directly linked to the development 
um, in our country. Development as it is going right now is not where it should be. Our country should be far more developed than it is today, um, especially considering that it has such a high number of young people as its population. Um, young people bring energy to the table. Young people bring creativity to the table. Um, young people bring a number of uh, important resources um, that our country is not utilizing properly to develop economically. Um, and it is one of the things that we are lobbying for, uh, for our leaders to realize that when you speak economic development, you also have to speak um, engaging our young people. And I, I refer to, to, to creativity and that pool of, of energy and resource that comes out of young people, whether you're talking about agriculture development, whether you're talking about uh, development in the areas of science and technology, whether you're talking about uh, new factories and uh, new industries, I believe that it is young people who should be at the forefront of each of those years. Um, and Belize cannot escape that fact simply because its population is mostly young people. Yeah, that's that's no question about it. But see, the educational system, and and I and I, the reason why I'm asking is because I see if you if you have access to the centers of power in that country, yes, you get a scholarship right away, whether you're smart or not, whether you have the ability or not. And that is something that I think is debilitating to the to, to the development of any country because you need you need your people resources to have this. Shouldn't that be something that we're entitled to? Why does it have to have a some sort of special connotation to it. Shouldn't it be that, uh, that, that if you are a youth in that country and you behave yourself, you do the right thing, and you, you know, particularly if you're a male and you're doing the right thing and you're trying to be an example, and shouldn't you be able to say, okay, well, if I if I do A, B, C, D, I'll get to E because I know that there are programs in place that could in, that will ensure my development to the highest level if that if it, if need be. I'm not saying I'm going to get anything for free because, but with the intention that you're going to come back to the country. And if we invest in you, young man, you come back here and you, 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 you bring back your know-how to help develop this country. That should, to me, that should be something that, is, um, that, is, that we're entitled to. It shouldn't be a special privilege or a special act. Why is it so difficult and believable for us to view it in, along those, those simple terms? I agree with you. That is, that is how it should be. It should be based on merit and, uh, and need. Um, why it is not that way, uh, I think it has to do with, uh, with the issue of um, uh, nobody holding them accountable. Um, and unless there is that check and balance, um, when it comes to those people who make those decisions, it will not change. Um, and, and that is something that we all bring to the table. Because, again, when we represent young people, it is not young people affiliated to any political party. In fact, uh, if you scan young people throughout this country, most of them have no affiliation to any political party uh, because most of them are not interested in, in politics. And when we advocate for young people, it's not those who are engaged in partisan politics. It is young people across the board, no matter uh, uh, if they carry a flag don't carry a flag by the mere it matters to us so until that check and balance comes to, to this country and whether it be um, by uh, 
our, our people uh, demanding accountability in that section, or whether it be um, one of the roles that I hope the diaspora uh, plays uh, in terms of um, ensuring that transparency and accountability um, becomes a reality um, in all sectors of our country, um, it, it will not change. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, I totally agree with you on, on that because um, I, I believe that one of the things that um, the gentleman that I told you about was Bert Tucker, whom you are familiar with. I remember as a young man talking to him. He never ever, he was not one. He wasn't threatened by my by my enlightenment, and so to speak. In other words, he encouraged it. He wanted me to have access to everything that he knows. He emailed me with stuff. He gave me stuff. Every time I start, I, I met him, he would. Uh, sit down with me and push ideas and tell me, you know, his vast experience. So uh, one of the things that I see absent in Belizean society is the fact that um, we don't have mentors, Alberto, for young men such as yourself. What are you doing to try to develop mentorship, mentorship for um, particularly young black males who are, seem to be the most endangered in that country? You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not preaching conspiracy. And I'm not telling people. I don't want nobody to inbox me. Oh, you're talking about race or whatever. The fact of the matter is that the Afro-Belizean, like Micah, are an endangered species in that country. So when you see a Micah who's stepping up, I don't care what, what party he's from, where he's come from, you gotta support him because he could easily be in a statistic. Statistics make sense. You know, Alberto. So I. It, it makes I, a lot of sense. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, and I, I told this to Michael because, look, the, the, what, what, what are some of the things that your group is doing to, uh, to make sure that we have mentorship that we can pass on to some of these up and coming? Because somebody has to mentor Micah because otherwise he wouldn't have been where he is now to have that kind of, that, that kind of uh, drive and determination and ambition. So what are you doing specifically to try to develop mentors for, for, to, so we can have more Micahs, more Albertos, and that's all, and, and along those lines? There is absolutely no system in place in Belize to, one, create role models. In fact, Miss um, uh, Marisol was uh, relating this, the instance where the, the national football team that had gotten an opportunity to play outside had to come up with their own resources. They weren't even fully recognized by the government to, to, to sponsor them. They had to come up with their own resources. And even when they returned to the country, there was no, uh, no incentive given, given to these uh, uh, special Belizeans who showed us that they are superstars. There is absolutely no system that recognizes role mother country to the point uh, where they, they can be seen uh, by others and, and emulated um, by others. Um, one of the things we're doing is that, and, and our records are so small because uh, in, in the scale where it should be happening, it's not happening. What we're doing is we are, we are attracting leaders um, of one peers um, and we're trying to uh, let them realize that we need them involved in a community. Because when we walk in a community, we want, we want other young people to look at us and say, hey, I can be like them. I don't have to live uh, in the ghetto and, and think like, uh, uh, like the ghetto. I can actually uh, look at myself and, and see that I have an opportunity out there only if I change the way I think, if I change the way I act. So it's very important for us to identify leaders among our own communities. Because uh, I've always told people, uh, you have to be careful what you do and, and how you act. Because in, for many people, you are a mirror. They look at you and sometimes they see themselves. So 
that that is one thing that 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 we're doing. We're attracting leaders, good leaders, young leaders. Um, we're we're showing the leaders in the in the party that we have young people who are capable. But at the same time, we are showing other young people that not everything is us. You have hope, and and the hope is not only us but yourself too, because you can be one of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's very important that you that, that what that what you said about we had to find our leaders, because one of the things that I noticed also, and I keep saying one of the things, I, I mean, I, I, I've noticed many things, and I try to be constructive in my criticism because I don't want anyone to accuse me that I'm just bringing down or tearing down. Because that's not my that's not my intention. But I do know this. I do know that the, the, that the young people in that country appear to be rudderless and without any kind of direction, without any kind of... Uh, anybody says, okay, look, this is what you must do. Aside from your family, which is... That's the immediate responsibility of the family to, 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 to provide that, that void. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that it's the responsibility of the society in, in general, which to a certain extent it is, but it still, at the end of the day, goes back to what the involvement of the family, but if you said you said something that was very important, that we have a lot of single mothers in Belize that that, that are not that doesn't make up a nuclear family. So when you have all these, when you have a, these one-person family, it makes it very difficult for that particular family to 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 be able to provide the kind of consistency, whether it be economics, whether it be in social social upbringing. For that child to be able to participate fully in the economy, right? That's one of the issues that we definitely need to look at. How we can empower these single mothers. When I say empower, I mean empower by economically. Maybe we can get them a decent-paying job, help them develop small business. These are the kind of things I'd like to see occur. Are those some of the things that you're that you are trying to lobby for, or that you hope to promote? As you as you develop further within the United the, the People's United Party. Yes, uh, indeed, uh, you are right on the target. Um, we we do believe that uh, efforts need to be focused on on our people, um, on developing our people, on developing their skills, on uh, giving them greater opportunities to fulfill their dreams and aspirations. Um, I am sure that. Many of the people um, that are living in in the uh, poorer areas uh, when they when they were born, none of them aspired to be in the condition they are. They actually aspired to have a good education um, and to have a good job after they finish their education. Well, uh, it's been very difficult with the conditions our country has been in, and because of some of the decisions our leaders have taken in the past. Well, we can't repeat the same mistakes. We have to realize that the decisions we make are the very decisions that will affect the lives of, of our people. So we are lobbying for greater policies, um, policies in education, as I mentioned, uh, progressive policies. Um, we, we are happy to, to know that the party has, has, um, has approved uh, universal education for, for our young people, which means that no one should have a reason not to be attending school. Of affordability and access should should not exist anymore um, because uh, education is important. It is it is one of the the, the best ways to get people out of poverty. Um, other other policies such as ensuring that uh, young people um, have that job to, to, to get after they graduate out of school, and not just any job, 
but a job that is related to whatever they learned or whatever uh, um, area they were focused on learning. Um, and again, education and jobs have to be connected to the greater economy. There has to be that link so that our people are actually productive citizens. Mm-hmm. Very good. Alberto, um, I have on the line, I don't, know if you, you, I, don't, I don't believe you've met this gentleman. His name is Bilal Morris. What I wanted to do for the last 15 minutes of this, of this, of my time with you is, I want to focus on um, Mr. Bert Tucker, who I believe was one of the few gentlemen who um, uh, who had an opportunity to really make a difference in that country. He was an, a trained economist from Harvard, and he passed away this week. And I, you know, and I, like I said, he's an excellent friend of mine. And um, if you want to, you, I'll be happy if you want to stay on, and maybe we can just dedicate the, the last 10, 15 minutes that we have to maybe saying something positive about this brother's constitution. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Bilal Morris, yeah, That's very fine. Yes, uh, Brother Bert. Um, Go ahead, Brother. Uh, Hubert, uh, look, um, at this uh, moment, I would like to pay a special tribute to our brother, um, to our brother uh, Bert Tucker, who has been an epitome of progressive struggle in Belize itself, both when he was living in the diaspora and also when he lived at home. Um, our relationship with this brother, being that I am a member of the Belize Rural Economic Development of Agriculture True Alliance, brother, that Bert Tucker was very instrumental in farming in the 1980s, along with Ishmael Omar Shabazz, uh, saw the vision here in the diaspora amongst us here in Los Angeles where young brothers and sisters from Belize who lived outside of the diaspora could play an instrumental and effective role in the development of their country. Bertoka was that kind of progressive that saw that in many of us, and he helped to bring to attention the importance of land and land ownership in that country, and also the importance of how Belizeans abroad can transfer their knowledge, their knowledge to that country as an expatriate. And I think he championed that cause from the time he worked at the United Nations as an economist for sustainable development until present day in the government of the Barra administration, where he kept on championing that cause that Belizeans in the diaspora are a meaningful and instrumental part of the development of that country. And if nothing else, this is really what I would like to bring out to the masses of Belizeans, people at home and abroad, about the role that a person, an internationalist like Bertoka played. Bertoka thought outside the box. He was never the typical type of Belizean who stayed within the confines, those narrow confines, of party politics and the narrow confines of just looking at our country as a small little place. But he thought that we could act, we could think locally, but we should act globally. He was a global cosmic man that played instrumental role in the Caribbean, working with the Michael Manley government as an economist after his graduation from 
the University of the West Indies, and in the Maurice Bishop government of Grenada. Bertica later on went on to be very instrumental and effective in sustainable developments throughout Africa. He brought this, especially in his encounter and his working relationship with the dynamic and the renowned Belizean nationalist Philip Golson, who he worked tirelessly with in terms of bringing consciousness of development of land and consciousness of development of human resources like ourselves, the youth at that time. And he used to like to joke with us in the, in the, in the present day when we would meet him again, I would say, now you remember when you all were youths. Today, you're, you're not no youth no more. You're older now. And so he would always, like I've heard you said with the brother, uh, the brother Velas here today, that you, he was one of your mentors. And the lack of mentorship in Belize today in terms of conscious mentorship, progressive mentorship in helping our young men and women in Belize to have a sense of global consciousness in terms of developing our country. And in, 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 in a nutshell, and in a small way today, I would like to bring that message to Bert, that message about the man, I call him Bert Tucker, Bert Tucker International. Okay. And I would like to also champion his cause that in Belize today, Bert Tucker can be seen as the ardent Pan-Africanist that not only spoke it, but lived it. The whole concept of Pan-Africanism around the world, Belizean Bertucca, the internationalist, was the epitome of that. Um, I don't know of any other Belizean, with the exception of the late Odinga Lumumba, um, who epitomizes that kind of progressive struggle. But we have in our midst, and many Belizeans don't know, young Belizeans in the university, in the schools, in the tertiary, secondary, tertiary school, do not know much about this man. Like Samuel Haynes before him, that lived outside of that country and epitomizes an international global perspective of a Belizean that could join forces and alliances with internationalists all over the world in drawing attention to oppression, racism, and injustice around the world, Bert Tucker stood on the shoulders of people like Samuel Haynes, who many young Belizeans don't even know, had wrote their anthem was, was a very instrumental part of the United Negro Improvement Association, the Marcus Garvey Movement, the UNIA. Bert Tucker joined those distinguished men like C.L.R. James of the Caribbean, like Walter Rodney of Guyana, Bert Tucker, the Belizean, was one of those people that came from the same stock, that came from that same lineage of people who struggled in the periphery for the development of their country. And I would like to say that aloud to every Belizean that is listening to the show today, Get to know this man. Get to research who this man was. Get to learn about this individual because he had transcended Belizean history beyond its narrow confines. And students of history in the, in, the, in the University of Belize, in the secondary schools, must research and get to know this dynamic Belizean Pan-Africanist, Belizean nationalist brother and friend.
Okay. Um, Alberto, in the limited time that we have, uh, um, I want, let's, let's, let's wrap up because we don't have a, you know we only have like a couple of minutes left. But I want you to um, give us some last thoughts, you know, on, on you know some of the things we discussed uh, before we before we close it out. Let me add though uh, that let me add that uh, I didn't know enough of Mr. Bert Tucker, but I did know of him. Um, we met uh, several times a very long time ago when I was starting to see myself as an activist, um, and Mr. Tucker was always an encouraging person who believed that people participation was integral to the development of a country. Um, from the brief talks we had, I did recognize that Mr. Tucker was a unique Belizean. Um, now, because Belize does not do well uh, to encapsulate history and the history of good men in our country, it, is, it was difficult to know everything he was involved in. Um, but knowing uh, and, and hearing uh, what Mr. Morris has, has uh, shared with us, I could actually link, have linked, and, and I was able to link uh, that Mr. Tucker came from that background of um, Caribbean and Pan-African radicalism, uh -huh. uh, something that I, I appreciate quite a lot, reading a lot about CLR and, and knowing the history of, uh, of Grenada, um, the history of progressive movements in Jamaica. Um, and so I, I, I do appreciate the life of uh, Bert Tucker. Um, and I do hope his legacy can continue um, through many of us Belizeans. So I do appreciate that information shared. Um, and I do hope Belizeans uh, do spend um, more time knowing who Mr. Bert Tucker was. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, Bert, I want to thank you for uh, your contribution. And um, I want to thank you for participating with, with us this morning. I really thank you for your patience. And um, there's so much stuff that we could talk about, man, um, but we only have limited time. So, you know, um, uh, I, I, I just want to tell you that um, uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing, you, Micah, and all the youths there that you're involved with. Don't let anyone tell you anything, brother. It's positive. I don't care. Whether, whether or not it's within a context of, of a political party, the fact of the matter, you're, you're behaving yourself and you're doing something that's positive to help develop the country. And that's what's important for me. You know, I'm not going to get caught up in, oh, well, it's this. The fact of the matter that you are, you are encouraging youth to do the right thing for me is very important. Just like the Bert Kaka came to me. He didn't tell me. I said, oh, you'll have to be with this party. Like, you know, okay, what party are you with? This is, he gave you his knowledge. He imparted his wisdom to you. And that's what I think that, that you should continue to do, my brother, because the country needs it as far as the youth and helping. Like Bilal was saying, we have to be able to, to, to mentor this, those people. Somebody had to mentor Micah. Somebody had to mentor you. Somebody had to give, get you to the point where you, where you, you stayed out of trouble and doing what you're doing. So I, I commend you, and I want to thank you for coming on. Brother Bilal, um, you have the last word. And I... Yes, uh, uh, Brother Hubert, Pipersburg. Um, uh, the I'm so uh, honored that you were able to give me a, a opportunity today to say a last few farewell words about my brother. 
um, Bertucca International. And I would also like to um, reach out to the to the youth of Belize. Um, we have heard the dynamic voice of the brother um, Savelas today, and before that you had the young brother, another dynamic youth, uh, brother Micah. And I think that it is a new day, and I would the the the, the whole outlook from these two brothers gives a great sense of hope that in Belize today there is a great sense of opportunity for the rise of new leadership to take on the mantle of leadership in that country and to bring Belize into the true meaning of development that people like Bertoka have always envisioned and spoke about. Uh, I would encourage your youth to walk in the shadows of people like Brother Bertoka and like many others, Samuel Haynes and many of our other Belizean nationalists that are living today and have epitomized this great leadership of our dynamic leaders of Philip Golson and George Cale Price, that we look at the leadership and study the leadership of these men in our country because there is so much that could be learned from them. It is not about a party politic thing in that country which has really taken our people, has regressed the development of that country, but it is about studying our leaders that came before us and see what is it that we can take from all of them and do something for your country. And I would like to end with the term of what John F. Kennedy said. Ask not what your country for, can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And with that, I would like to say to the Belizean nation, uh, peace be unto you. Brother Bilal, thank you very much. Brother Alberto Villas, thank you very much. Um, we know this last segment, we, we need to do a full show dedicated to Bert Tucker's memory. And that's something that I'm going to, Bilal, Brother Bilal, I'm going to ask Brother Bilal to participate in or have him host it because, you know, um, he worked close with our brother when we were, like when we were Alberto's age and Micah's age. He took us under his wings, literally. And very much so, brother. Very brothers so. like Brother Shabazz and them. So we just, we just, yeah. just a bird's eye view. But um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is Hubert Piper. This is Hubert Piper's Berg. Uh, please do the right thing. God bless you and have a wonderful Saturday.